Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? Then do I have a solution for you. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecha Nutrition? Mecha Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now. And for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs, as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at Neil or Neil at MeccaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecca Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Today is Friday, November 8th, 2019, which means we've got another Flashback Friday interview for you. It's three-time WWE Tag Team Champion, former Nexus member. He's a former TNA World Champ, current Ring of Honor superstar, formerly known as Justin Gabriel in WWE. He's now PJ Black in Ring of Honor. He'll tell some stories about The Undertaker and John Cena, how the Nexus almost feuded with The Shield in WWE, road stories with Heath Slater, working with AJ Styles on the independent scene when uh, AJ Styles was the New Japan World uh, Champion, wrestling in South Africa at age 16, and so much more content. I really enjoyed this interview with PJ Black. But before that, let's do a quick recap of this week in pro wrestling because a ton has happened and a ton is going to happen in the next two weeks. WWE Survivor Series is heating up as NXT is invading both Raw and SmackDown. Yay for ratings. AEW Full Gear takes place in Baltimore, Maryland this Saturday. Tomorrow night, it's Chris Jericho versus Cody Rhodes for the AEW World title. We've also got Kenny Omega versus Jon Moxley. It's going to be an epic pay-per-view event. Let's talk pro wrestling here on episode 114 of the Osho presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Remember to use the promo code OSHO10 for $10 off your next order at TickPick.com. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-10 for $10 off your next order at TickPick.com. No hidden fees. And also use the promo code OSHO20. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-10. For $20 off your next order at MechaNutritionStore.com. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Survivor Series, full gear, PJ Black, right here, right now. So let's kick this week in professional wrestling off right. If all wrestling fans out there listening to this haven't tuned into an episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite yet, it's on Wednesday nights. Next Wednesday is your night. Clear your schedule, sit down, and enjoy 
Ever since October 2nd, which was the night Dynamite kicked off, going uh, toe-to-toe in the Wednesday Night Wars with WWE NXT, it's been phenomenal, both Dynamite and NXT, but the night Dynamite kicked off, wrestling fans everywhere have been treated to some of the most entertaining promos, spews, and above all else, the absolute art of pro wrestling itself. Three weeks ago, the world paid witness to arguably the greatest promo of Chris Jericho's career. And that's Chris Jericho, a man who has had a gazillion great promos in his career, especially over the past three to four to five years in AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and WWE. Uh, He introduced the faction known as the Inner Circle with Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz, and delivered an earth-shattering promo that insulted WWE, paid homage to Eddie Guerrero, and referenced past gimmicks used by Jericho, including the list of Jericho, which was always fun. But with that being said, two nights ago on AEW Dynamite, Cody Rhodes may have eclipsed Chris Jericho's promo from three weeks ago with what was probably the most passionate, truthful, and entertaining promo in all Elite Wrestling's brief history. It was so good that Dwayne The Rock Johnson himself even tweeted about it, saying, Rhythm, cadence, tone, intent, passion, execution, great promo, brother. You might drop that motherfucker. That's high praise from a guy who just shot Jumanji, Jumanji 3, coming out in theaters in December. If you missed it on AEW Dynamite, though, you're going to hear it right here, right now, as Cody Rhodes lays into Chris Jericho and tells the world just how passionate he is about what he does. Take a listen. If I do not defeat Chris Jericho at full gear, I will never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. Chris Jericho, that is a very big if. It's not an encumbrance. It's not an albatross that is going to sit on your chest and weigh you down. It is going to vanish. You've taken to calling my lot entitled millennials. You've called me an entitled millennial bitch. I neglected to read in your best-selling book, A Lion's Tale, which you can get on Amazon for $3 or at any... I neglected to read about the upbringing you had that was so hard. You talked about my silver spoon. Gosh, it must have been so difficult being the upper-class son of a famous hockey player. It is almost like we shared the exact same silver spoon, you stupid dick. You dismissed every accomplishment I've made. You've talked about my father. Well, you call me an entitled millennial, I call you a carny succubus because the dirty secret about you, the dirty secret is you need this generation more than it needs you. And you've surrounded yourself with impressionable youth. This isn't about my dad. This isn't about the dead. It's about the living. It's about my mother. It's about my sister. It's about my wife. It's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to At full gear, I beat you. I become the world champion, and you fall back into your circle, your inner circle, and you let them know the ground should be rumbling between their feet because the elite are coming. And when the elite and the inner circle square off, it'll be a match beyond, and we are going to eat you alive. That's a legendary promo. I liked how he mentioned Jericho's book, uh, A Lion's Tale, and how you can get it on Amazon for just $3, which is actually false. You can purchase it for $7.99 on Amazon.com right now. But that's besides the point. Cody Rhodes delivered a promo that would give non-wrestling fans goosebumps. Props to one of the greatest and most underrated and underappreciated pro wrestlers, for that matter, of this generation, Cody Rhodes. Well-deserved, great promo. We've got a hell of a main event scene tomorrow night. Not only Chris Jericho versus Cody Rhodes for the AEW World title, it's probably going to be Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle versus Cody Rhodes and the Elite for the AEW World title, but the match the world has been waiting to see since the end of May, since AEW Double or Nothing, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. This is a match, again, six months in the making, seven months in the making. 
I think six months in the making. So John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose from WWE, makes his shocking debut at uh, AEW's first ever event, AEW Double or Nothing in the main event. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Moxley uh, ambushes through the crowd. Jim Ross with the call. It's John Moxley, and uh, he beats the holy hell out of Chris Jericho, a referee, and then Kenny Omega as the screen fades to black. So right then and there, Omega versus Moxley was set. They announced it for AEW All Out in August at Ch- in Chicago at the Sears Center. Moxley gets hurt, so John Moxley faced off against Joey Janela in a street fight at AEW Fighter Fest, and after that, he got hurt, an elbow injury that sidelined him for a few weeks. Uh, Omega and Moxley have been going back and forth at it, mano a mano, for the past few weeks on Dynamite. Moxley with a great promo two weeks ago. First promo, first and only promo I think he's cut in AEW thus far. He's been on a lot of podcasts. But the promo he cut two weeks ago, Stellar, basically saying how AEW wants to control him, saying he's a weird cat, he's a different cat, which means he's an idiot. John Moxley doesn't take exception to that. He's gonna he's gonna bat you. He's gonna bruise you. It's gonna be fun. And Kenny Omega. It's interesting enough. Kenny Omega's record because in AEW now they're they're more concerned with records now with match wins and losses. Jericho's undefeated this far. Cody Rhodes undefeated in singles competition as the one loss against the Young Bucks when it was the Rhodes brothers versus the Young Bucks at AEW Fight for the Fallen. But other other than that, Cody Rhodes undefeated. As a singles competitor, so Jericho versus Rhodes is a a solid match in the main event for uh, full gear. John Moxley undefeated as a singles competitor, but Kenny Omega's lost twice already. He lost to Jericho at AEW Double or Nothing in May, and then he lost to Pac at uh, AEW uh, All Out. He lost to Pac at All Out. That's two singles losses to go along with another uh, six-man tag loss. Kenny Omega hasn't won that many matches since joining uh, AEW. He, he beat Shima at Fight for the Fallen, which is arguably the greatest match I ever witnessed live in Jacksonville, Florida, at Daly's Place, right next to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Kenny Omega versus Shima. If you want to go check that match out on YouTube or anywhere else, Highly recommend it. One of the greatest wrestling matches, one of the greatest wrestling technical matches I ever watched. Kenny Omega versus Shima at Fight for the Fallen. But Kenny Omega versus John Moxley is kind of a toss-up because Moxley has to. I mean, Moxley's what one and zero with the one win against Joey Janela. That's basically it. Hasn't competed since Fighter Fest, and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has to win. If he loses three losses on a single card for a guy who's supposed to be your biggest babyface main eventer besides Cody Rhodes, that's a that's a match he's got to win. But at the same time, John Moxley should win because he's uh, booked as this unstoppable force since coming to AEW. Coming from WWE where he was booked poorly, you figure John Moxley's got to take this win and then Kenny Omega would now lose his third consecutive one-on-one match. First Jericho, next Pac, now Moxley. I don't know why he lost to Pac at All Out. I I know Pac had to come in in a big way after not getting the match against Hangman Page at uh, uh, Double or Nothing. But Pac winning that match as a last-second replacement for John Moxley at All Out really didn't make any sense to me. Another phenomenal match, but Kenny Omega should have at least went over, or at least a no decision in that match to keep both guys fresh. So Kenny Omega, John Moxley, first-time-ever matchup. I'm going Omega just because he has to win. I hate to see John Moxley lose in this situation, but at the same time, maybe, maybe uh, uh, the inner circle gets involved because Kenny Omega is part of the elite. The elite being Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. And then, of course, the inner circle being Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and uh, Santana, Ortiz, Jake Hagar, and maybe John Moxley gets involved because he's a heel too. So who knows? Maybe this all culminates in the main event of the night. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley ends in a no contest because everybody interferes, and by the end of the night, Omega, Moxley, Jericho Rhodes, all those guys join forces at the end of the night for one colossal clusterfuck in the main event. So we'll see about that. That's AEW Fight for the Fallen tomorrow night. Let's talk a little WWE Survivor Series just a few weeks ago away. It's going to be Monday Night Raw versus Friday Night SmackDown versus NXT. Triple H's brand NXT. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and the boys have run roughshod over both Raw and SmackDown over the past few weeks. They debuted on SmackDown because WWE Crown Jewel, they couldn't get... Uh, their superstars back in time because apparently Vince McMahon held uh, the superstars hostage. 
because they couldn't agree. Him and Saudi Arabia couldn't agree on a, a right deal moving forward. And uh, honestly, honestly, it was uh, WWE superstars were left in Saudi Arabia for an extended period of time just because the mechanical issues on, on the plane. At least that's what they're going with. A lot of superstars don't agree, but that's what they're going with. So the SmackDown stars couldn't make it to Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. So Triple H basically was like, all right, all the NXT guys going to, going to Fox, going to SmackDown. Daniel Bryan, of course, was very vocal about now going to Crown Jewel two years ago. Wasn't there this year either, which resulted in an epic main event for Fox's fourth show for Friday Night SmackDown. Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Cole wins. NXT runs roughshod. Triple H lays down the gauntlet in the main event saying, we are NXT. Come get us, Raw on SmackDown. Then on Monday night, all the superstars are back. Uh, Seth Rollins in the ring cutting a promo. What's next? Because Bray Wyatt's the new Universal Champion. Seth Rollins cuts a promo. What's next? Triple H comes out. What's next? NXT is next. Come back to NXT. Uh, the main event of the show, Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Another dream match. So Raw and SmackDown heating up because of NXT over the past two weeks. And NXT alone, Triple H and Shawn Michaels alone. So uh, that ended up in a DQ, which sucked. Because Seth Rollins, all of his matches are ending in DQs nowadays. And it's really hurting his persona. It's hurting the whole burn it down thing. He's just forced to say burn it down. Nobody likes the saying anymore it's cheesy it's corny stop saying burn it down for the love of god please but seth rollins booking has really hurt him as a baby face he's got to turn heel go back to nxt and we're gonna get one hell of a card at survivor series we already got uh brock lesnar versus Rey mysterio for the wwe championship which is kind of odd we could have gotten lesnar versus the fiend bray wyatt or even lesnar as the wwe champion versus the fiend bray wyatt as the universal champion and adam cole as the nxt champion in a triple threat match we're probably going to get raw versus smackdown versus nxt and a five on five on five traditional tag team match will probably be seth rollins captain team raw reigns captaining uh team smackdown and then probably finn balor or someone like that captaining uh nxt and on nxt last night uh we we mentioned the the run-ins from nxt on smackdown on raw these past few weeks nxt last night the club the bullet club aj styles luke gallows carl anderson ambushing the undisputed era adam cole and company to kick off the show who would have ever thought we would have seen AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson on NXT. They went straight to the main roster when they debuted in 2016. Phenomenal way, no pun intended, phenomenal way to kick off WWE NXT on Wednesday night to uh, go to war with Cody Rhodes in that epic promo, one of the greatest promos in wrestling history to date. And in the main event, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano take on AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. End of the end of the match, Tommaso Ciampa going for his finisher on Styles before Finn Balor returns, helps out Styles, helps out his former club buddies. They do the whole too sweet thing. He does the bullet thing. AJ does the too sweet thing. Bullet club reunion. AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Gallows and Anderson. First time ever we've seen that. They, they've teased it a few times over the past uh, four years since AJ and Finn have joined the WWE. But this was legit. AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson versus the Undisputed Era. Sign me up. Whether it's Survivor Series, whether it's NXT, whether it's freaking WrestleMania 36, baby. Sign me up. Undisputed Era versus the Bullet Club. Styles, Balor, Gallows, and Anderson. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the card shapes up for Survivor Series. It's only three weeks away. We do have Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. I'm not intrigued by it at all. Some people might be. Some of the old school fans, I, I don't love it. Rey Mysterio, Brock Lesnar, WWE Championship. We're probably going to see a five-on-five-on-five on five on five traditional Survivor Series tag team match between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. We'll probably see something of the likes of the club versus the Undisputed Era. I don't know in which shape, considering Balor and, and the Undisputed Era are both on NXT. But we'll probably get the OC versus the Undisputed Era in some way, shape, or form. Adam Cole will probably defend the NXT title as well. Bray Wyatt will probably defend his Universal Championship, but we'll see, considering he hasn't dealt with anybody on the SmackDown roster yet. Hasn't even debuted the Universal Championship on SmackDown yet. So that'll be interesting to see. But AEW Full Gear tomorrow night. Check it out, Jericho versus Rhodes, Moxley versus Omega, Survivor Series three weeks away. Let's get into our interview with former WWE 
three-time tag team champion with the Nexus and the Core. He's also a former TNA world champion, current Ring of Honor superstar. He was an NWA. He's an independent wrestler. He's had matches with John Cena, The Undertaker, Chris Jericho, Edge. He's been all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, PJ Black here on the Osho Podcast. Thanks for coming on. I know you're busy. You have a show tonight? I do. I do have a show tonight. It's a, it's a two-day tournament, actually. The bars and shows that we do in LA. Most fun shows ever. <laughs> I'm sure. I'll jump right into it. It shouldn't be that quick. Uh, I wanted to ask you, just because I find this very interesting. You started wrestling at just age 16, comedian in the UK, South Africa. Talk to me about getting your start in pro wrestling, and was it always your like dream to be a pro wrestler? Right. Nonetheless, we got a we got a little uh, WrestleMania moment. 
Yeah, and that, the Nexus, that basically took up most of 2010. Like, it would have been cool to see Nexus at WrestleMania and on big, like, faction feud, maybe even, like, against the core, given that oh, that was already happening. Or maybe come back for, against the Shield or something. Oh, that would that would have been awesome. Nexus versus yeah. the Shield. I never thought about that. Like, yeah, we actually pitched it a few times, and, like, it was just hard because a lot of the Nexus guys were doing other stuff. And, uh, you know, like, and it almost happened a few times, actually, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, never did. Hey, who, who, who would you consider, like, your greatest, like, in-ring opponent? Like, who did you think you had the most chemistry with during your time in uh, WWE? Oh, man. Uh, in WWE? Yeah. It, it's hard to say, you know, because everyone there is so good, and, and that's why they're there. They're there for the reason, for a reason, you know? Even, like, guys that, that aren't necessarily too good or too polished... Once you go to FCW or NXT, man, all those guys just become really good wrestlers. Like, like in FCW, right before I turned into NXT, I had chemistry with pretty much everybody there. I mean, if, if, if one person had to stand out, probably Heath. I mean, Swagger. I mean, I had some great matches with Cena. Um, oh, man. Like, everyone on the WWE roster. Like, if... if maybe, Rey Mysterio, but it wasn't it wasn't in WWE. It was a uh, in Lucha Underground, but like, I know Rey's back in WWE, so that was also one of my favorite matches ever. I guess that like, leads me to my next question: like your favorite match in the company? Would you say Rey Mysterio? Um, in, in, in WWE. Yeah. So I, I didn't wrestle Rey in WWE. I just I tagged with him a lot. Let's see, my favorite match in WWE. This is actually funny. Like you, you always look at matches back and you can nitpick it, right? There's always like a, a thousand things that you would have done differently. Um, one of my favorite favorite matches was a match against Hunico on Superstars actually a 20 minute match and like I always look back at that match I tried to find it on YouTube the other day and I couldn't find it but I do have it on my hard drive somewhere um, and it was just like perfect you know like the timing everything was perfect the storytelling was great like everything just happened like really good and for some reason that match stands out in my head Wow, okay, so Superstars, that, that doesn't even exist anymore, Superstars. I totally forgot that whole, like, pre-show um, know, thing that they had. It's funny because um, Superstars and Main Event, the shows with a lot of wrestling on, internationally, they have the highest ratings. You know, like, uh, if I look back, in, in, especially in South Africa, where I grew up, or Africa, a lot of people don't speak English. So, you know, like, Raw and SmackDown, that always opens with a 20, 30, 40-minute uh, promo segment. The people that don't speak English, they don't understand that, but everyone understands wrestling. Right. So superstars and NXT and main events, like the, the shows with less talking, they actually are higher rated internationally. That's your WWE favorite match. What is your all-time favorite match in pro wrestling? Uh, I mean, it's hard to pick one, man. That one against Rey Mysterio on season three of Lucha Underground, and then the following week against Ricochet. That, that has to be one of my Oh, favorite. yeah. I could only imagine that. Both of you guys, high flyers like that. Oh man. And how how was your experience in Lucha Ground under like overall? I loved it, man. It was some of the most fun I've had in wrestling. I've been doing this you know, like next month it'll be twenty two years. It's the, the most fun I've ever had in wrestling. Like a talented group of guys who just everyone wanted to help each other out. The locker room was great, you know. Um, in wrestling you don't have a lot of friends, you have a lot of acquaintances, but I, I can honestly say that the whole locker room at Lucha Underground, we were friends. Like even now when we see each other on different shows and you know, like I, I felt like it was magic while it was happening, you know, and uh, I took the job too because I'm a huge fan of Robert Rodriguez. I think he's a genius, he's a great director. Um, and you know his insight made that show what it was. Who would you consider to be your biggest mentor in wrestling? Uh, well, probably my dad. You know, my dad was a wrestler, and I mean, he stretched me as a kid. He was a, he was a pretty pretty tough guy. Like he in South Africa, it was a tradition that everyone's first match was always against him, right. and he'd, he'd be on top of that list. But uh, a few other guys too, you know, like uh, Undertaker for sure. Um, you know, like all the. Even Cena, in a way, like, because he was one of the guys that pushed, you know, at that time, no one was allowed to hit, like, these crazy moves, and they kind of, you know, WWE was going away from, like, pile drivers. Oh, and yeah, for sure. And high playing, remember that era? Right. He was one of the guys that, that, uh, that said, like, yo, this kid can do a 450 safely on anybody, and, like, I, they made me hit it on a bunch of different people to see if I could do it, you know, and then they were like, okay, we'll let this kid hit this on TV, so, I mean, he played a huge part in that, for sure, and, you know, like, I worked out with him at his gym, and, you know, just outside of wrestling, I, I can say, like, he was a, he was kind of a mentor to me. You mentioned those guys, like, Cena, Taker, and do you have, like, any cool stories about those guys, like, any advice they gave you during that feud and during that run with the company? Oh, man, so many stories that I probably shouldn't tell, <laughs> 
serious. That's something I could tell you. Uh, I got I got to think about this for a second. Yeah, we can talk about anything on this show, unless it's illegal. Then. <laughs> let me let me think about that for a second. I mean, there's so many great like road stories. You know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book about it one day for sure. <laughs> let me think. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to ask that again. Again, talk about anything, unless it's, you know, uh, personal, illegal, something that you absolutely can't talk about. So after WWE, you go to uh, TNA. Talk to me about your experience in TNA for that short term. Yeah, so, I mean, I was never really interested in TNA, but uh, that was the era that Jeff Jarrett kind of, like, tried to go back there and start that up. He started the Global Force thing, actually. Right. We did the Global Force Invasion. Um, and Jeff just became a huge fan of mine for some reason. They needed someone to work the Bullet Club of the show. And I was like, let me do it. And then they're like, but you're a baby face. And I was like, I'm, I'm actually a way better heel, like, till this day. And uh, I got to the back, and Jeff Jarrett was like, you are a great heel. You should never be a baby face ever again. And then he, just, he took a liking to me, and he pushed me huge on, on the Global Force show. He let me do whatever I wanted. And I was like, I want some promo time and like this, because I don't feel like people know who I am and like personality and like they, 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 everyone thinks I'm a high flyer but there's so much more to PJ Black and so he kind of like gave me the ball and I just ran with it I wish that Global Force got a better TV deal or got a TV deal and, um, but anyway so we did the TNA invasion angle uh, I think I did like four or five TV tapings which we filmed in one week I was the next gen champion and I won the, the King of the Mountain title the first show lost it I think to Bobby Lashley or Bobby Roos one of the two I think they were both in that match but it was a little, it was a fun little experience, you know. It was at that time TNA was very very different to what it is now, right. and I mean it, it, it keeps evolving. Like right now, the completely different product, I think. But uh, yeah, I just I, just, I, I didn't want to sign at that time. I didn't want to sign with anybody. For I just wanted to do independence and travel and kind of like work on on my character and my stuff, my wrestling uh, like brand, if you will, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely fun. It just uh, we never really got to sit down to discuss contract stuff because I, I just told him I wasn't interested right off the bat. Right after you leave WWE, of course. So uh, right now, obviously, with all elite wrestling forming, there's a lot of WWE guys who are won out. Basically, they're all granting releases. Walk me through like the story of you leaving WWE. Was that out of like creative frustration, like out of like the creative wise with your character, or what was that? Yes, mainly. Was a lot of frustration was because every week I pitched something different, different characters, different storylines. I even went back to NXT to work on a few things with uh, Dusty Rhodes at the time and some character development and like a bunch of new stuff. And like nothing, nothing was working, nothing was taking. I feel like we were in that transition era of uh, the startup of NXT, right? Like the actual performance center. And I feel like everyone who, who came into the performance center at that time were like Hunter's kids. And, and that's fair enough. So he wanted to push them instead of everyone else, everyone else who came from FCW and everyone who came before that. So I feel like I was just kind of in a rut with nothing I did was like good enough or was being seen or like none of my pictures was even being looked at. And yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a build up um, for like two or three weeks, like even if they didn't use you, they'd fly you to TV, right? So you just sit there. It's the most boring thing ever to sit in catering all day and you, you watch all your friends like have cool segments and promos and matches. And if you're not doing anything, it's the most boring thing ever, man. So I did. I, I kind of sat backstage for like two or three weeks and then I was like, man, I'm just going to go home because no one even knows I'm here. So I, I started just like booking my flights earlier home myself. Uh, and this one day on the flight, they were like, oh, we need you for the segment. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. I, I just, just tell them I quit. And they're like, well, no, just calm down. Go home and just like think about it. And like, we'll talk tomorrow. And by the time I got home, I was just like, you know what? This, this actually, this is one of the hardest things that, that I've ever had to do. But this is, I'm going to go through with this. And I just, uh, I asked for my release. And they, and they, they luckily, they were, they were kind of mad at it, but the way I did it. But like, they, they weren't too bad about it. Wow, so, and you actually, like, pitched like, your new, like, Darewolf persona with PJ Black. You actually, did you pitch that to Triple H during NXT? Like, you wanted to, like, revamp your character, bring someone new into NXT? I did, I did, and he hated the Darewolf name initially, but Vince liked it, and Vince actually trademarked it. And then, you know, when I left WWE a year or two later, uh, if you don't use a trademark, it gets abandoned. So, like, I, I jumped on it immediately. I just found it by mistake one day, and I 
trademarked it myself or I own it and I think it's cool I mean maybe he didn't think at the time it was cool because he's one of those guys if he doesn't come up with the idea he doesn't think it's cool uh, but uh, you know it is what it is now I own it I think it's cool and I'm going to run with it and you know if I ever go back one day I'm pretty sure they'll use it correct me if I'm wrong did you actually get an NXT offer before you signed with Ring of Honor yes um, I live in LA and Staples Center I live like a couple of blocks away from the Staples Center so they had like NXT there on the Saturday the Survivor Series was there on the Sunday and then Raw on Monday and then Tuesday so I went to all the TV days just to hang out really just to go say hi to all my friends I ended up talking with the, the, ta- the talent scouts and I talked to Hunter and Vince and stuff like that and um, they, they asked if I would be open to that and I was like at first I wasn't but I, I obviously on the spot I just said yes I was like yeah I'd totally be open to it but then I, I thought about it for a while and I was like you know what I've been there done that in NXT I'd, I'd probably be required to do what 240 between 280 dates right. a year and ROH basically offered me more money for doing like 50 dates which is I mean it was kind of like a no brainer and I'd have freedom you know and I haven't done ROH and which is probably the, the only uh, the top TV company in the in the country that I haven't won a title yet. So if I can do that somehow in my next year or two at ROH, then I think I'll be one of the first people to do that. So that's kind of like what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of guys right now, like you, you're on the road pretty much all year round in WWE. For guys like you who want to revamp your character, you feel like you get like uh, potentially lost in the shuffle per se. In WWE, because like you said, it's what they want to do, not really what you want to do. You have more creative power in these other companies. Do you feel like a lot of uh, current WWE superstars might leave and like chase uh, their own like desired storylines? Yes and no. I feel like a lot of guys want to do that, but a lot of guys have families, right? So you got to like take care of your family first, whatever comes first. I mean, the guys, even if they're not on TV at all, like some of my friends, they make really good money. Like, like much better money than they could make on the indies or with a proper job or with a degree or anything. So for them, they just kind of like hold on and like you have, they have to take care of their families. There are a few guys here and there who are not married, they, they, which they might do, but it's still kind of, it's, it's hard for some guys. But I mean, it's hard to speak for, for those guys. But I, I feel like we will see that more often now, now that there are other options popping up, you know, like you've got the AEW popping up and ROH is throwing a lot of money around and TNA is like trying to make a huge comeback and uh, I, I feel like it's in a very exciting time in the business for sure, for, for wrestlers and for fans actually, you know, like I feel like we have to have other places to go. If we can somehow create the Monday Night Wars, you know, that's why I hope AEW is a big success because if, if, if that kind of happens, that I mean, how good is that for fans and for wrestlers? It's like if we have other places to go, and you even see that with NXT right now, you know, like now whoever's in charge, say, let's say Hunter's in charge there for real, NXT is a completely different style to what the main roster is, right? And I feel like they, uh, they were like, oh, man, we're going to have to keep up with the indies and all the crazy spots and thing and characters that the, the guys are doing on the indies. So uh, it's definitely in that aspect. Yeah, and this is probably the, like, I, if you said that like five years ago, like WWE was the top dog with all the other industries kind of below it. Now this is really, we're getting into that era where all of these places, Ring of Honor, TNA, like they're all like almost equal. I mean, not equal per se, but fans are starting to drift off other places to see other type of storylines, other type of feuds. So it's cool to see. So now that you're exclusively with Ring of Honor, what are your top goals right now for your character and your career? I just, I just want like people to see uh, the real PJ Black. I've been working on a lot of character stuff, and obviously my style's completely different. People think I'm a high flyer, but I'm really a much better technical wrestler and character wrestler, uh, which I want to show that. And obviously, I still do the 450, and I still do some high flying moves because, you know, that's the the hybrid style that that, that I'm used to and that people love. But there is just way other, uh, way other side of PJ Black that I wanna, I wanna show people. Um, I definitely wanna work with Jay Lethal. I definitely want to go for the ROH title. I feel like I, I can fit into that picture very well. And obviously, ROH has a uh, partnership with New Japan. That's also something I'm looking yeah. at. I think my, my style would fit in there perfectly. Oh, for sure. New Japan would be exciting. Uh, you you uh, had, I don't know if you're still like doing shows for them. How was uh, the uh, NWA experience? That was fun, man. I mean, I, I love Billy Corgan's vision for that. And Dave Lagana, the producer of the show, he's fantastic. Uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Like 
Um, me and Aldous actually started that uh, storyline way before him and Cody did the storyline, so it was kind of like backtrack. But like, I think they did a phenomenal thing with their, with their, with their, the ten pounds of gold, the little YouTube show they have. Right. They did a fantastic job with producing that and like telling stories. Because you know that's what that's that's for me and a lot of people from my generation. I'm not sure how old you are, but that's what got us into wrestling. You know, there was those those video packages. Remember, like WrestleMania one, two, three, four. Those little video packages of over the top characters. Yeah. I feel like that's what NWA is trying to do. Like trying that old school storytelling, but with like a, a more modern, real feel to it. I think it's fantastic. I really hope that takes off. I'm sure it will. I mean, again, that's the more appealing side to wrestling fans like me and all the other wrestling fans around the world. I feel like these these companies are more open, like you said, to having superstars have their own creative control. Um, and people appeal to that way more than they do to WWE storyline where it's basically what they want. They're not really listening to their fans all that much. Still, still the same old stuff. 2015. So, talk about your uh, House of Glory matchup with AJ Styles. He was like the New Japan World Champion at the time. Tell me about that match. That must have been a phenomenal match. It was. It was. It was amazing, man. Like one of my dream matches for sure. And the whole plan for me was to go over like for, for the whole month, but then he became the New Japan Champion. So obviously, I can beat the, the, <laughs> the New Japan Champion. But I mean, I didn't care about that. I just got to work him. Um, I remember on the day two, we had to go up first because I had another show in England, so I had to catch a flight from JFK. So we got, I got to the building, and I just got changed immediately. And he got there late, like 10 minutes before, and I was like, bro, we're up first. So uh, we literally just didn't plan anything. We just freestyled the whole match. I was like, listen, I do everything you do, like pretty much your moveset, just every time I do it, reverse it. Like, and like, I feel like... If, like if you if you watch it back, like you know, like you can tell, like it was kind of weird, but it was very entertaining. I think it was one of my favorite matches for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go back and watch that match again to re- uh, reiterate. Like 16 years old, you start professional wrestling. Was was pro wrestling like always the dream? Like, did you ever have any other like ideas what you wanted to do with your life? And what made you decide that that was it? Like you said, your dad was a wrestler. Yep, yep. No, I I, I completely I decided when I was eight years old. When I was eight years old, I played the. Remember that raw video game on, on Genesis? Yeah. Or, like, it was called Saturn. For those of the system was called back home. And so when I played that the first time, I looked to my mom and I was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. And obviously my mom, being married to a wrestler, she wasn't too fond of the idea. You know, she wanted me to finish school and get a degree and stuff like that, which I did. I did just to make her happy. But uh, she's, I think she's very happy now that I'm actually making a living wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm sure. Um, one more question before I go back to the storytelling aspect. I'm very, very interested in hearing that. Rhodes, Young Bucks, they start all elite wrestling. There's WWE guys who say they're going to go over. You see a guy like Dean Ambrose who says he's not coming back. Who knows where he's going to end up? My question is, you just signed exclusively with Ring of Honor. Will we ever see PJ Black down the road in all elite wrestling? Would you ever be open to it? Totally be open to it. Like, never say never. I mean, like I said earlier, like, I really hope that they can create... They have the money backing, they have the power, I feel like, and, you know, they're building a great roster, and I feel like it's possible that they can, we can somehow create, even to us on a small scale, create, like, the Monday Night Wars. Obviously, it's not going to be on Monday, but just say that the TV wars, I mean, I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah, I'll be completely open to that. I spoke to Cody a little while ago, and we didn't talk anything about that, but, I mean, that's a possibility. Uh, the ROH deal just came at, a, at the exact time and exactly what I wanted at the time. So, you know, like it was, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Right. And how long are you signed with Ring of Honor? It's just a, it's just a year deal, but after a year it becomes, other party can give 30 days notice. So it's really a really flexible deal, which which suits me perfectly. And uh, I think it's great. And financially, it's great too. And yeah, so this year should be fun. Let's see where it goes. But I feel like I'm going to be there for a little while if it goes well, because I really like what they're doing and what they're trying to do right now and the, the way the company is going so yeah i mean who knows like actually let's do this interview in a year from now and let's see how much has changed <laughs> so a one-year deal you have room like you've been everywhere you've been in multiple wrestling uh promotions would you prefer signing like a one-year deal before like obviously you say you like it and you'd like to stay longer if you could what's your uh take on like one-year deal where you could you have room to experience what you experience if you like it or not and then as opposed to like a long year deal like you were with wwe for a while and towards the end you just didn't love it at all anymore right yeah no i think it's perfect man like the like seriously like 
everything about this contract is perfect and where I am right now in my life and my career it, it couldn't have gone any better like like I couldn't even have negotiated something better myself so I, I think it's great man like you know a lot can happen in a year but also nothing can happen in a year and if nothing happens then I have options I got so many options right now but I feel like it's, it's gonna be a, a great year for sure and before I let you go because I know you got that uh, match tonight just want to reiterate what I asked before like any any cool interesting stories with like the likes of Cena Taker any like advice they gave you over the years oh man uh, so interesting story uh, one of Undertaker's first matches was actually in South Africa I mean he was training for like a, maybe two weeks and they needed a big uh, a, a big tall Texan guy character. yeah and the many Many people don't know this. In the 80s, early 90s, South Africa was kind of like an unofficial territory. I mean, I grew up watching Hulk Hogan come job to our champion, um, Andre the Giant come job to our champion, and you know there was no YouTube back then, no dirt sheets, so no one, no one knew of this. Um, and I remember T Taker having his very first match in this building, the same building that I had my first match in. It's the Tennis Stadium in Durban, and WWE still runs that building to this day. You know, so like it, uh, <laughs> it's it's a shithole, but it's got a lot of history. And you know, I watched a lot of matches there growing up. I watched my dad there, and you know, like every time I see Taker, we kind of like laugh about it. And he's like, "Yo, is that building still the same?" I'm like, "It's exactly the same. They haven't even painted it yet." So we kind of just laugh about that, and like I feel like we have some weird connection because I told him like my first ever match was also in that building. And actually, another funny story: the houses for coincidence. So WWE runs that building, so. Uh, when did SmackDown go there? 2012 or 13, I think we ran that same building. So my first match was in that building against my dad. And when I ran there with WWE, like 15 years later, we wrestled on my dad's birthday in that same building. Wow. How weird is that coming full circle? Oh, that's awesome. That's an <laughs> awesome story for you. That's one for my book for sure. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And so talk to me a little bit about that. I know it's just an idea right now, but like, what's your uh, plan for that? Just like career stories, uh, locker room stories? Like... Totally. Like, I mean, I have so many heat stories. Like, so many, because that guy is such a character. I think he's fantastic. I have so many stories of me because I mean we were tag champs three times, right? So for like three, four years we traveled together on the road, like five days a week. So I got to spend a lot of time with him. So I have so many stories with him and all the guys, and you know, just like I've had quite a unique experience moving from South Africa. WWE moved me to the U.S., so I, I think I have a quite a unique and inspiring story that I want to share with people. Um, you know, but I mean, that's, I'm still far away from that. I still want to wrestle another 10 years before I even, like, start that book. Because I want to not write, like, two or three or four like Jericho. I want to write one, one, one and done. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, writing a book's tough. So you kind of want to keep it short, get all your stories in just one giant book. Do you have any, like, ideas for a name for it yet? No, no, I don't. <laughs> like, like I said, that's probably 10 years away. Or I want to wrestle as long as I can. When my body starts like giving out or giving in, that's when I'll start uh, thinking about stuff like that. But I do, I do. Every once in a while, I sit down and I think of stories just so I can like, uh, you know, put it away in case I get too many concussions one day or get old or Alzheimer's or whatever. So I, so I do have like memories of these road stories. Like right now, I can't even think of any more stories like about Cena and Taker but like there, there'll be many of them I'm sure I just have to sit down and think about it for a second and there's like a lot of guys I hear who like one, towards the end of their career they kind of wish they kind of like wrote things down like little stories down like regardless of what, where they were in the business just so they can like go back check it out and like you potentially write a book about it right exactly and I, I think it's just like thinking ahead um, and we've learned from other guys too to to do that you know like Jericho writes still to this day writes down every single match he's done yeah. and what the finish was where it was and I think that's a great idea I kind of wish I did that oh yeah man for sure I mean not too late you say you have 10 years left do it now <laughs> that's uh. true or maybe I'll just document the last 10 years but you know like for YouTube now like I kind of just document everything and put it on the YouTube channel I kind of vlog it so there's kind of like a record kind of of everything I'm doing from now on thank goodness for technology right Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? 
then do I have a solution for you. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products, including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecha Nutrition? Mecha Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now, and for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs, as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at Neil or Neil at MeccaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecca Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.